Want to discover how much money your email marketing can actually bring you? If that's the case, let our team of email marketing experts show you how. With our free email marketing audit, we'll conduct a comprehensive analysis of your email marketing efforts, provide you with action plan, and show you how to effectively segment and convert your audience. Simply go to flowium.com slash audit and book your audit today. Today, we will be talking about how to use automations as organically, as naturally as possible, basically as a natural touch point to lead your customer through their life cycle, resulting in more revenue for you. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Floium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Floium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Email Einstein. Vera and Elisa here. We are two email marketers at an email marketing agency called Flowium. We are so passionate about email marketing, and because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. Flowium is one of the fastest growing email marketing agencies in the world. We specialize in providing a premium, full-service e-commerce email marketing experience for all of our clients. Our service is tailored specifically for your business and is designed to help increase your online retail revenue by 20 to 50, 50%. We deliver the right message to the right person at the right moment. That's what we're all about here at Flowium. And today's episode is actually part one of a two-part series that is going to bring you some money. So here we go. <laughs> I like everything that brings me some money. So today we will be talking about the emails that drive sales on autopilot. Start sending emails that generate revenue on autopilot. Our step-by-step -step course will show you how to create highly engaging email automations that can add up to 50% to your revenue. Check it out at flowing.com slash LC. Maybe you've heard it before, the term life cycle. When I first started working with email marketing, I was constantly calling them the life circle. And I was like, no, it's not a life circle. It's not a Lion King, for God's sakes. It's life cycle emails. I might sound a bit dramatic, but everything has a life cycle. <laughs> everything has a beginning, everything has a middle, and everything has an end. Your customer's journey with your brand is no different. Some customers might only have found you like somewhere and on Instagram or something, so you're in that sweet like honey, honeymoon uh, phase with them. Some people place their first order with you. Maybe some are going through some sort of like a breakup situation with your brand. Other are your diehard fans. They just are waiting for a little bit of nudge from you and from your brand. And some are about to say goodbye to your brand. So oh. all these people, they are different. All these people, they are at the different stage of their sort of like a customer journey with your brand. That's why you need to be treating them differently. Mm -hmm. And your job as an email marketer is to anticipate those like different stages in customer's journey and address them as organically 
as possible. If you've been with us for a while, you know that we love good automation, that we love a good flow. We believe that this is like the core of your email marketing, not the campaigns, even though campaigns are fun and awesome. Flows. Flows is something that you set up once and it keeps like working for you even when you don't work. So today we will be talking about how to use automations as organically, as naturally as possible, basically as a nat natural touch point to lead your customer through their life cycle, resulting in more revenue for you. But before we go there, I know Alisa have a really, Alisa has a really, really good a pro tip of the mm -hmm. week today. So Alisa, share it with us. So we're going to be going through a whole list of different flows that we typically use in-house that we also recommend for our clients, that we would recommend for you as our listeners. But one of the things that we never really go through, we talk about email marketing all the time, is how to best strategize these kinds of flows, these kinds of ideas for your brands. And what we would strongly recommend doing is finding a way, if you're work from home kind of agency, everyone is working remotely, if you don't have access to an actual whiteboard, we would strongly recommend using a digital whiteboard. Now, where you use that whiteboard, that's totally up to you. There are so many different platforms and so many different apps that are available to you. We used to use a sort of form on Google where we could kind of create almost like a, a flow chart looking document. Now we've actually migrated onto Miro board, which is a digital whiteboard. And it's literally like a whiteboard. We're not sponsored by Miro. This episode is not sponsored by Miro. This is just something that we've started working with in-house and we absolutely love it. It's so presentation friendly. It's so client friendly. Um, when we present campaign calendars in the flow strategy, that we, we create for our clients to our clients. They are always so impressed by how everything looks and it's so easy to navigate, so easy to make edits, add notes, add post-its, whatever you can think of. So strongly, strongly, strongly recommend when you're strategizing your flows for your email marketing, make sure that you use some kind of digital whiteboard because the visual aspect of it will just help you understand and see your customer's journey as they kind of flow throughout your company when it comes to the email marketing that you're providing. So again, the one that we use is Miro board. We'll add a link in the description of this podcast episode, but it's Miro, M-I-R-O. Um, I'm pretty sure it's free for anyone who wants to use it. Um, you just have to create an account, but again, super effective, super customer friendly, and uh, yeah, just a really great way to just visualize all your ideas in one place. So using yeah. that digital whiteboard, that'll help. Life-changing tool. Yeah. And I think, I think they do have like a free version, but you're limited to like three boards and what we do at Flowium, we have like a separate board for a separate client but if you are doing it only for your business I think the free account can be more than enough for you yeah. and my favorite thing about Miro is that you can have um, it's like an awesome collaboration tool so you uh -huh. can be working simultaneously with the clients and with your co-workers on the same board and we usually have this like Miro parties every <laughs> every Friday it's so fun it's so fun I love it that's what we need to ca start calling those meetings, Miro parties. I love yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's change the name on the calendar. <laughs> I actually know the guy who works for Miro. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, they have, um, they have offices like in uh, Amsterdam or like somewhere in wow. the Netherlands and in Russia as well. So I know the guy. So maybe we should become their ambassadors or yeah. affiliates or something. Because like <laughs> every time I start working with a new client, like this is something that I can't wait to share with them. This is like a super cool tool. Yeah, I love that. Well, anyway, 
anyways, Miro helps us a lot, especially with the lifecycle emails, because lifecycle is basically the set of different emails for different stages of your customer's journey. And as savvy as email marketer or business owner can be, you already probably know that sending like the same email to everyone on your list is like the worst thing that you can do both to your client, both to your sender's reputation, even to your customer's relationship, right? So that's where we highly recommend to use targeted lifecycle emails. So what are they? What are lifecycle emails? So lifecycle emails are data-driven, automated flows or automations, and they are triggered by different actions on the customer's uh, end. And they consider the stage of your customer's journey. So whether it's like a prospect, a first-time buyer, the repeat customer, maybe it's your lapsed customer. So these emails are super, super highly targeted and they are ultra relevant. And in fact, because flows are so relevant and so highly targeted, they outperform email campaigns like crazy. So they actually outperform them in, believe it or not, all major categories. So we've seen, actually, this is information from Clavio website. So that's not that we came up with this numbers. So 160 5% higher open rates those like emails have yes this the second number is just like it sounds crazy but 1558% higher conversion rates than like a regular campaign and 1361% higher dollar per recipient over, over time so yeah those flows they outperform email campaigns like crazy yeah that's why we we are like raving fans of flows and we usually even recommend to start from flows for many reasons but the main reason being is that they are high relevant they have super high open rates and uh, click-through rates so in the eyes of like google and yahoo and platforms like that it shows them that hey this guy is the good guy (laughs) in the world of email marketing so do not send him to the spam folder then the best part is as i already mentioned you set them up once of course you you need to go time to time and just like change tweak things maybe like change the image or change the link or something like that but on the most part you set it up once and they work for you so we sort of like divide those emails into three stages the early stages basically before someone purchased from you the post-purchase stages after someone have purchased from you and they are still like in those like a sweet honeymoon relationship with your brand (laughs) and then late stages and these are mostly for people who've been with your brand for a while and maybe for some customers who even like forgot about you so three big stages on today's episode we'll cover the first two and uh, come back next week because we will be talking about those like late stages and how to keep the romance <laughs> live so elisa let's start with the probably like the very the very main flow the welcome flow so we'll we'll cover a couple of different flows because the way that vera and i have kind of structured this is based on the cus- the client feedback that we've received in the past where clients 
tend to confuse different flows together because they happen so closely together. So in the very, very early stage, you have that initial, hi, I'm a potential customer and I'm interested in you and I'm opting in because I want to hear more from you via email. Awesome. This is really, really exciting. So you have your welcome flow and there is also another kind of mini, super mini welcome flow, which we consider the exit intent flow. And I'll kind of go through what each is and what the main difference is between the two. So your welcome flow is your standard pre-purchase series. This is where you are welcoming brand new subscribers to your brand. You're providing a brand introduction, possibly a uh, an initial new time customer offer. You're providing social proof. You're providing them with resources to get more involved with your brand. You're providing them information about your product, who you guys are, what you stand for, etc. And so the way that you would typically approach this welcome flow or how you would kind of get people triggered into this is you have to have some kind of opt-in method on your website right? And it doesn't always have to have to be on your website. It can be also on a landing page that's connected to your website. But for the sake of simplicity, we'll stick to the website opt-in methods. So you can either set up some kind of homepage pop-up where someone goes onto your website for the first time and they're visiting you and a pop-up appears, whether that's 10 seconds after they've appeared on your homepage or a minute after they've appeared on your homepage or after they've scrolled down 60% of your homepage, whatever it is, the pop-up appears and you say, hey, we're so glad to meet you. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to our site. Welcome to our brand. Here's an opportunity for you to get more information about us, sales, promotions, product launches, events, whatever it is, whatever offering you can provide this new potential customer that makes sense for your brand. And then in that pop-up, you have a space for their first name. Obviously, you want to get to know who they are and then also a space for their email. As soon as they plug in their email, that gets registered on the back end of your subscriber list and then they get triggered into the welcome flow. And again, as I mentioned, typically the first email within that welcome flow is something along the lines of, hey, welcome to our email list. We're so happy to have you here just so that you understand more of who we are and what our mission is, what we stand for, what our values are, etc. And then there are a series of emails that sort of follow afterwards. Um, And again, this is focusing on social proof, reviews from customers, where they can find you on social media if you have a social media platform that you're particularly engaging with, information about products that you sell, uh, any blog content that's relevant or will add value to that new potential customer's life. Those kinds of things are what you want to include in the welcome flow. Towards the end of the welcome flow is where you're now shifting gears and going from a, hey, we're nurturing you into a new potential customer, and now we're guiding you into becoming a customer. And so you provide an actual offer to them, whether it's a percentage off of your best selling item or a percentage off anything on the store or a dollar amount off the store or buy one, get one, whatever it is, you want some kind of preliminary offer that's going to really be attractive for this new customer. And so at the end of that flow, if for whatever reason this person has not converted and they have not purchased with you, then you kind of hit them with a little bit of a survey. Hey, we want to know more information. Why is it that you didn't purchase with us? Not in those exact words, but along the same lines. The other kind of way that you can get someone to opt in is through that little footer subscribe button at the very bottom that you see on most websites. So at the very, very, very bottom, there's usually a little space that's available for emails. 
And what you can do is plug in there, hey, sign up here below in order to get emails. And then when someone plugs in their email, they hit submit, they'll also get triggered into this welcome flow. The other thing that you can offer in your homepage pop-up, it's not something that we typically do as a best practice in-house because we feel it's a little too aggressive, but you can offer 10% off or 5% off first purchase as part of your homepage pop-up. So then that way it's just more of an incentive for people to sign up. There are some clients that we work with who come in and they have an offer like that. Again, it's not something that we typically recommend, but if it's working extremely well for a client, then we just kind of leave it in place. Usually what we'll do is we'll save that preliminary offer for an exit intent flow. So just to kind of explain what that is, that is another kind of initial potential customer or new subscriber flow that we put into place as well. So then that way you're not limited to how many ways someone can opt in for the first time with your brand. The exit intent flow, the way that works is if someone is on your website and they hop on and they get that homepage pop-up and they're like, I hate pop-ups and they X out. And they're like, okay, I'm gonna just do some browsing for myself. I wanna see what this website is like. I wanna see who this brand is. And then they happen upon a product page that they're particularly interested. And then at that point they decide, you know what, I've had enough, I'm gonna hop off. And then they move their mouse away from the browser to exit the actual browser page, what happens is a pop-up comes up. And I know this is like magic because when I first heard about it, I was like, there is no way this does this automatically, but (laughs) I promise you it's a thing. (laughs) So as you go to exit the page, the exit intent pop-up comes up and it's something along the lines of like, hey, are you sure you want to go? We're willing to offer you X percent off or X dollar amount off. And then there's a little space in there for the email so that someone can plug in their email. And then that first email that they'll get back is the code for the discount that was promised in that pop-up. Now, a couple of things that I love and also hate about the exit intent flow. The welcome flow is very nurturing. It provides a lot of information about your brand and really helps to welcome, hence the term welcome flow, welcome a new potential customer into your brand, into the fold, into the group, whatever you wanna call yourselves. That's really important and that's an opportunity that you don't wanna miss as someone who's getting to know who you are. On the exit intent flow side of things, it's great because it's very short, it's to the point, it's very, very high converting. And so we see a lot of great revenue results specifically from this kind of a flow. However, within the exit intent flow, there isn't really any kind of nurturing content whatsoever because these people have only opted in for the sake of getting a discount. And now that they have the the discount, they have X amount of time to make a purchase using that discount. And then that's the extent of it. Now, they will get nurtured later on down the line, obviously, because they've opted in for emails, having given their email in the pop-up. But that initial touch point where you can really connect with the customer and help them to really embrace your brand, it gets missed in the exit intent flow for the most part. Now, again, you can customize this exit intent flow, so then that way you're providing more nurturing content similar to the welcome flow, but you don't really wanna overdo it because again, at the end of the day, these customers, they weren't interested in being nurtured in the first place, they just want a discount. So rather than ticking these people off, it makes more sense to just give them what they want so they can make a purchase and move on with their lives. I'm still, (laughs) my final decision on which one I prefer is still on the fence here, but I think both apply to their kind of customer. Welcome Flow is a person who wants to understand more about the brand and the exit intent flow is for a person who wants to just get a discount so they can make their initial purchase. We do both for most of our clients, unless we have a client that's really against the exit intent flow or it's 
it's a client who does not provide any form of discount whatsoever. The other thing to note with the exit intent flow is you can have a content-based exit intent flow where someone goes onto the blog portion of your website and as they go to leave your website, you can offer them some kind of freebie content that will kind of engage them a little bit more, whether it's a free PDF or like if it's a fitness website, you give them a free workout plan or if it's a nail polish website, you give them free manicure tips or whatever it is, something that will just add value. So then that way they remember that later on down the line and then come back and make a purchase. But again, you can get really creative with these. These are just two main options that we use for flows in the very, very early stages. And this is before someone even becomes a customer with you or shows any legitimate hardcore interest in purchasing a product from you like they would in the next flow. So those are your two kind of initial options. Yeah. Another thing that I was doing for exit intent flow for one of my clients. So the client is selling supplements and they have this um, like a vegan supplement. So obviously this is a very specific audience, right? So on that uh, vegan supplement, the homepage or not the homepage page, uh, we have created like a different pop-up for a bit of a different welcome series. So we sort of like used the same logic, the same structure, but the content was a bit different. So you can use this like exit intent flow for different customer personas as well so that's that's a that's a really good flow to have yeah for (laughs) For lots of my clients it's just actually one of the best performing in terms of dollar Mm -hmm. uh, per customer so don't ignore it that's for sure and i've seen a customer use it also as a survey as like a, a leeway into a survey flow before where you can kind of get the person it's it's set up as an exit intent pop up And then Mm -hmm. what they'll do is when they're on a particular product page, they'll get that pop up asking them to take a survey. Well, Mm -hmm. it's a mini survey where it's like, does this happen to you? Yes or no. If you click yes, the subscriber will be added into a particular segment, which will trigger a specific flow that's related to the product that they were just reviewing so they can get more information. So you can get really, really creative with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One thing that I would recommend, but again, you do you. I personally don't like the welcome pop-ups, you know, one of those pop-ups that you see like right after you get into the website. Uh Uh-huh. It just might seem like you are a bit pushy. So we prefer exit intent pop-ups just so person can go through your website without any like distractions or Mm -hmm. anything. But again, you do you. Test it out, A-B test it, and then decide what works for you. Okay, so another important flow um, for the early stages relationship with your customers is obviously an abandonment card flow. And I feel like we talked a lot about it, yet it's such a crucial, crucial, important and flow that let's just cover it again here really, really briefly. So I think we've all been there when you are spending like a ton of money, you are spending a ton of hard earned dollars on driving more visitors to your site, to your shop, only to see that the revenue, like the conversion is not happening. It's basically like a leaky butt bucket. <laughs> leaky butt was, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like a leaky bucket. No matter how much water, aka money you put into it, it is not retaining enough of it because there is like an issue somewhere because it's like leaking somewhere. Believe it or not, for most of e-commerce businesses, this is one of the 
biggest struggles. This is one of the biggest leaks in their bucket uh, when it comes to sales. Study shows that in fact, 75.6% of people, that's a lot, put items in their online shopping cart only to leave it without completing their purchase. So that's like 75.6% percent of customers it's a lot of potential revenue lost if you ask me and the cost of money that online retailers are losing every year is approximately well last year it was uh, around 260 billion in lost revenue a year that's an insane amount of money but that doesn't mean that you have to like admit your defeat Um, the good news is that even though we can't eliminate those like cart abandonment issue completely we can at least address all of the main reasons why people are abandoning their cards. So like a welcome series, your abandonment card uh, strategy can include not just like one email, not two emails, but we sometimes do like as many as like six emails per flow. So yes, it's an abandonment card flow, but who said that you cannot do some customer nurturing here or who said that you can't share content here? So here's our typical sort of abandonment card flow. So the first email we're sending is just like a reminder email, like two hours after the customer have placed something into their card or four hours by the way you can totally a b test this time delay and the results that we've seen they were so different honestly between like two and four hours so definitely do the a b testing in that first reminder email we usually try not to give any discounts whatsoever because believe it or not this is like the highest converting email out of the entire like out of the entire flow so don't like sacrifice your margin in that first email because you can convert a lot of people here. If person haven't purchased anything from you after email number one, we will then send them some sort of like a discount, 5%, 10%, depending on your margins, depending on your business model. Email number three, again, if they haven't purchased anything, send them quick, like a reminder, discount reminder or something. Mm -hmm. In email number four, we are trying to do some sort of like a relevant content, something not too too salesy and something relevant to the product ideally that you will be cross-selling later. So that's of course if you have <laughs> the products to, to cross-sell. If you are just having one product, maybe the strategy should be different. So email number four, some sort of relevant content, blog, maybe just if you're selling, I don't know, if you are selling the tea that like the detox team, maybe you can do like a five best detox strategies or something like that. And then in email number five and six, you can cross sell that specific product with like a discount. And usually the discount that we offer for that like specific product is a bit higher than the discount that we offered at the beginning. Yep. Those six emails, it doesn't mean that you have to send them like one by one every day. You have to be sending something. No, you can do like a few days delays so people have can have some space, right? But again, it's all based on your business model. It's all based on your customer's life cycle. You know it better. It's just something that we recommend to do. Don't limit yourself to one or two emails. Be creative try to provide some sort of value to your customers try to give first and then ask them for something then ask them to buy something from you yeah that's really good to highlight as well because that's a major strategy that we use across the board with most of our flows Mm -hmm. with the exception of a couple for the most part we try to provide value and gain trust from this new customer 
before we actually ask them to do anything. So that's why when we plug surveys into into any of our flows, we always ask that as pretty much the very last email within the flow because asking something out of people, they're more willing to do it for you once they realize that you're a friend of theirs or or trying to be their friend. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and and the same applies with making a purchase as well. You know, like when you meet someone, you're you're not going to ask them to do you all these favors. You're going to befriend them first. You're going to gain their trust and then you're going to ask them to do these favors for you like buy from your brand or fill Mm -hmm. out a survey whatever it is so yeah and the abandonment card is uh it's an interesting one because it's one that everyone is obsessed with but then people (laughs) also get so tired with and then it also gets confused so much for whatever reason with the browse abandonment flow which is the other flow that kind of takes place in the earlier stages so the thing i want to talk about i'll talk a little bit about how it works but also what the main difference is between browse abandonment Mm -hmm. and card abandonment because even though they both have something to do with abandonment issues (laughs) they're both very different (laughs) they're both issues (laughs) yeah right (laughs) they're both very very different So with the card abandonment, you're abandoning your cart. And whether you're a new subscriber or an old subscriber, you can potentially go through that flow. With regards to the browse abandonment, it takes place only if or it triggers only if you are a current subscriber in Klaviyo. That's like the first big thing to, to understand when you're putting or implementing this flow because people assume that it's just gonna work. I'm gonna turn it on and it's just gonna work. It's not. This one is actually very logic heavy in the sense that you have to have tracking enabled on the back end of your Mm -hmm. website and these subscribers have to exist for this flow to trigger. So that's the first thing. The other thing to note is there has to be some kind of traffic on your website for this flow to take place. So this isn't a flow that just kind of happens. You have to have customers that are actually legitimately interested in products and have shown interest in products before and are opted into your list. So the way that the browser management works is I go on your website and I go to a specific product page and I'm looking at that product and then I leave the website. And then what happens is depending on the time delay that you've put in place, either two to four hours later, I will receive an email and it can come across as a little bit creepy. I will admit However, I don't think it is at all because this is one of our top revenue generating flows that we put into place for most of our clients. Mm-hmm. And so the way it works is I'm viewing a product, I hop off, two to four hours later, I'll get an email saying, hey, we saw that you had some interest in this product. Did you have any questions? And so the way that you can kind of approach this flow is similar to an abandonment cart, but you don't have any, what's like the best way to put this? You don't have any concrete proof that the person Mm -hmm. actually had interest in purchasing the product. They were just interested in looking at the product. And so you can kind of approach this similarly, but it's different. Obviously, the wording has to be different. The content has to be a little different where you can remind them that they were looking at this product. You can ask them if they had any questions about the product specifically. You can provide some relevant content about the product if you want to. And then you can also provide a discount on the product. Again, if you have the ability to, or that's something that your brand is willing to do. Browse abandonment is, again, one of those top revenue generating flows. It's super, super useful. It's a great little nudge, a little tap on the shoulder. It's kind of like, if you think about it in brick and mortar terms, when you're looking at something in the store and you pull it off the hanger and you're looking and analyzing and looking and analyzing, and you're about to put the item down and a salesperson comes up to you and says, oh, I I love those pants Mm -hmm. that you picked up. (laughs) Did you have any questions on them? Or is there a size that you're looking for in particular? Or is there a color that 
that you're looking for? Like, how can I help you? Same kind of concept there, but it's a little bit slower because it's via email and it's all in the digital space. So just think of it in terms of that. That's what the browse abandonment flow is supposed to accomplish when it comes to a real life retail store. So again, one of those really useful flows that you just have to know how to put into place properly. But once you do, and you started to generate the relevant traffic to your website, it will for sure bring you some money. You just turn it on and then you'll see the numbers start to grow. And it's actually impressive. I always get so impressed with these flows. (laughs) We turn them on and I'm always like, I really hope they work, but they always do. And I'm like, how? This is amazing. So yeah, browse abandonment. Don't be afraid of it, but definitely do your research before you implement it. Yeah, something that we just talked with you, Alita, before the podcast. I basically was saying that I feel like People are getting tired of good old abandonment card, but the browse abandonment, it seems like it's less, less pushy. It doesn't feel like, like they are trying to aggressively sell you something. That's why I've seen even the higher conversion rate for browse abandonment than for abandonment card, like yeah. lately. It doesn't mean that you don't need to have the abandonment card one. Obviously, you, you need to have them both, but you will be surprised how yeah. well this browse abandonment flow works. This is yeah. like one of the highest earners for us always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's one client that I work with that off the top of my head, I can see their flow performance so far. And in order of most successful to least for the top three, it's browse abandonment, post purchase, and card abandonment which I saw and I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's sort of like, I would expect that the abandonment card would be like the highest performing one, but Mm -hmm. usually it's like the third or or even the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on the depending on the business. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. That's super interesting. Cool. Okay, let's go to that sweet post purchase stage. So what happens after someone that placed uh, someone placed an order? So basically, just so you understand how the logic works, every time someone places the order, they will exit their previous flow, say they came to you through abandonment cart or browse abandonment or welcome flow. Every time they place an order, they will go into the post purchase one, they will stop receiving emails from their old flow and they will go into the post-purchase flow. So post-purchase flow for new customers is basically your way to show appreciation for customers and let them know that, hey, you're, you value their business, you're here for them in case they have any questions, and um, here are some products that might be interesting to you. So the popular mistake that a lot of people are doing, that a lot of brands are doing actually, is neglecting this flow. Their big goal is to get that conversion, is to make that conversion happen, and then they just like abandon that customer. So we might as well call this flow like an abandoned customer flow or something like that. So once shoppers have made a purchase from your brand, why not keep them engaged? Why not create some sort of like a brand the loyalty or turn them into their repeat shoppers. Mm-hmm. I really like this quote from HubSpot, like we literally talked about it a few episodes ago, but they they call uh, the post-purchase flow the Harry Potter of email marketing, <laughs> often neglected, given barely any attention and forced to live under a staircase of e-commerce <laughs> email marketing. I really, really, really love this comparison. So what can you put into your post-purchase flow? Mm, well, first thing first, in email number one, obviously it's an email 
asking them is the order confirmation thank them for their order and also um, you can make it fun you can make it you can brand it you can make it like witty you can make it funny um, you can offer some sort of support to them in case they have any questions or you can have like a separate email just for the frequently asked questions so in that email number two usually we send it like right after the right after the order confirmation one in email number two you can build an excitement for the arrival of the product and answer some of the most frequently asked questions about the product for example you are selling I don't know, like a mattress. So you can do something like how to take care of my mattress or like what is the best uh, place to put my mattress? Even though, no, I think that wouldn't be a good one. But <laughs> you know you know what I mean. So you're trying to, to basically build an excitement for the arrival of the product. And mm -hmm. at the same time, you're trying to make the customer feel that in case they need any support, you are here for them. If you have an FAQ page, great. You can link this email to your frequently asked questions page and it will make both your customer and search engines very, very happy. Yeah. Email number three, if you have social media and if you don't, by the way, you have to have them. Yeah. Some sort of like a social media platform. If you have Facebook community or Instagram or you have TikTok or whatever, talk about it. Talk about it in email number three and try to make people go from email to social media. And just like we talked um, before with you, Alisa, even when customers are like unsubscribing from your emails, it does not mean that you've lost them forever. Right. If they have unsubscribed from your list, but you still have them somewhere on like Instagram or Facebook, you can still communicate with them. Yeah. So yeah, make, make sure to like move people from email to some sort of like a social media just as a backup plan. Okay. Email number four, number five, you can do some sort of like a relevant content about the product or you can even do the relevant content about the products that you plan to upsell later in the flow mm -hmm. mm, yeah just like with like going back to our mattress example why are we always using the mattress <laughs> as an example lisa i know you use it quite often yeah. and no i'm the same it's yeah. like it's like we're selling, we're working with mattress companies. We don't. <laughs> it's because we're tired. That's just a good we're one. so tired. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to that like mattress example, say you have sold them the mattress, they have received their mattress, they are happy as clam. Is that the expression, Lisa? Happy, happy as a clam. Yeah. Happy as a clam. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense this expression. Like, uh, yeah, I don't. I've, I've never. Why met, clams are happy? Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know if clams are actually yeah. happy. <laughs> Whatever, English second language. So I'm learning something new every time, every episode. Come to Flowium Podcast and see Vera learn English. <laughs> okay, so uh, going back to that mattress example, you have sold them mattress. Good for you. Now you can upsell some sort of I don't know, like pillows or maybe <laughs> like a mattress cover or silver infused bed sheets. By the way, that's like the real thing. I'm looking to buy myself one. So yeah, so just like prepare the customer for the upsell that is coming um, later this week. So if you're selling the pillows, you can do like three types of pillows and like how to pick one or something like that. Or you've got an idea um, and don't don't try to sell anything. Don't try to sell, obviously, have some sort of like call to action link to the product you're talking about mm -hmm. but don't 
um, don't give any discounts, nothing. Something that we've also experimented with, we had like a teaser of tomorrow's promotion in that email. So basically as a last sentence of the email, you can say something, but don't buy anything today. Tomorrow we will send you a really good discount. So it's it sounds almost like a counterintuitive, right? Mm-hmm. But this way you're building like an excitement and you're making sure that someone will open your email number six and seven tomorrow right right and also you're building trust with your customer because it shows them that you're very transparent that you care about them so that's a nice little technique that you can um test yeah and email number six and seven cross sell upsell different products with a discount. So a lot of brands are doing upsell, cross-sell early in the flow, but we actually don't like to do it early in the flow. We try to give some sort of like discount later in the flow. Mm-hmm. It does not like devalue your brand in the eyes of the customer. Try not to give those like discounts every time. Every communication should not be you trying to push them to, to buy something. You're trying to give them some sort of discount. Right. But you should also understand that when one of your like first interactions with the customer after they purchased is an incentive, like you run the risk of immediately, like almost like turning people away from your brand. So anyways, email number six and seven is a good place for you to cross sell some relevant products for the customers. And if you, um, if they haven't purchased anything from you, if they like ignore you, they don't open your emails, they don't like buy anything from you, then in the later stages, you can try to win them back with uh, Winback Flow or Sunset Flow or flows like that. But that's something that we will be talking about in the next episode. So definitely come back next week. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the post-purchase is that Harry Potter quote cracks me up every time because it's so true. It's like, (laughs) it's one of those overlooked ones where we we try to drive that hard with clients and they're like, well, it's not, mm, we can do that later. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, we are doing this now. So, And isn't it surprising how much revenue you can actually generate from that little flow? Mm -hmm. Again, it feels almost counterintuitive because like a person just bought something from you. Why would they come back and buy something else? But usually what we we are seeing and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's the same with your clients, those like first emails right after the purchase, some of them are even received before the customer receive an actual product. Those first emails, they have like the highest conversion rate out of the entire flow. And that like shocks me every time. Yeah, same. No, it's it's true. And I mean, we talk about this a lot internally in our meetings with with other account managers and everything where the likelihood of someone converting into a second time buyer Mm-hmm. is so much higher the closer it is to their first purchase than it is further away. Yeah. So, and there are other flows that we'll talk about on the next episode on part two of uh, sending your emails that drive sales on autopilot mm-hmm. that we'll, we'll talk about that kind of reiterate that point or the idea that as soon as someone makes a purchase, they are more likely to make a purchase right then and there than they are again in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seven months, you know? So you want to get them while they're still fresh and excited about your brand. That's really ultimately where it's at. So yeah, good episode today. Lots of interesting flows. Very, very, very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Even if you just set up those four flows, believe me, your revenue will grow like crazy. Yeah, for sure. And especially because those are the top, those are the, tend to be the The top top generating ones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Cool. Well, 
you guys don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and um, if you're interested in getting some more information or if you're interested in getting some advice on how to establish like a good email marketing strategy for your e-commerce store, visit flowium.com slash contact and sign up for a free consultation. So we'd be really happy to help you with your brand. We believe in email marketing. We are email marketing <laughs> nerds. And uh, yeah, so just just like come come to us and we'd be happy, happy to help. Yeah. Yeah, for we'd sure. be happy as a clam. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know if it would apply for that. Happy as a clam is like a weird one. It's like a gosh. No offense to anyone listening, but it's like an older person term. I would say or phrase. Oh my gosh, that's what I'm struggling with like, like a lot. He's I, like, happy I, I as a clam. See, <laughs> I don't see the difference, you know, with like the speaking like an old person <laughs> and just speaking like a normal person. That's why you can see me. You can hear me using all kinds of different. <laughs> like <laughs> phrases and now i just watched this like bridgerton oh, uh, yeah. netflix tv show yeah where like english royalty basically talking so if you start hearing me speaking that posh british accent <laughs> don't be surprised that's how i, I won't i language. won't hold it against you i definitely won't hold okay. it against you that's so funny okay good, good. <laughs> that's how i learn language through netflix <laughs> Um, guys thank you so much for listening today make sure that you come back for next week's episode again it'll be part two of what we talked about today on how to start sending emails that drive your sales on autopilot we want to help you make the most money possible with you doing the least work possible Um, so yeah just stick around and make sure that you're listening in, taking notes, take advantage of that uh, digital whiteboard that we had mentioned. And uh, yeah, tell your friends, make sure you come back next week so that you can get the full extent of all the emails that will drive your sales on autopilot. And uh, yeah, thank you guys again for listening and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared. Just in 2022, we help our e-commerce client generate over 250 millions in revenue through effective email marketing strategy. And now we can help you too. Stop missing out on the potential revenue your email could be generating for your business right now. Take advantage of our free email marketing audit today and let our team help you optimize your email for maximum conversion. Go to flowroom.com audit and book your audit today. It's F-L-O-W-I-U-M dot com slash a u d i t flown dot com slash audit